and welcome to this week's episode of You've Got Mail. My name is Bella and we're here for another week, the final episode of the breakup series, which is pretty mental to think about, that we've been here, that I have been in Bali for four weeks now. I'm on the final weekend, final day. <laughs> the journey tomorrow is one of the most horrendous things I've ever seen in my entire life. We fly to Bangkok, then we do Bangkok to Vienna and then Vienna to London and then London to Scarborough. And honestly... I'm not even mentally prepared for that journey. Oh, God, it's going to be traumatic. I'm not going to sleep for so long. But anyway, we're thinking about it positively. It's going to go fine, you know? I'm going to be able to watch some great films. Going to really update my film knowledge on things. I get to finish Batman. So that's a good positive thing. And at least this time, it's a four-hour flight, ten-and-a-half-hour flight, two-hour flight, rather than one-hour flight, ten-and-a-half-hour flight, four-hour flight. So I feel like that's the better way of it being. That that makes it better. And the train journey at the end, I feel at that point, I'll be so dead that I won't really be aware of anything. And it's weird because this time I'm time traveling. Sorry if you can hear the helicopter. Where we're staying right now, oh, it's going to be really noisy. Oh, just give it a second. Where we're staying at the moment, there's like a helicopter pad like nearby where I think you can do like a helicopter experience type thing. I definitely do not want to do that. I always find helicopters a bit terrifying, the idea. I, I just, I don't know, it just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. It's also very noisy, and I don't think I'd enjoy that either. But anyway, as I was saying, I feel like I'm time travelling for this one because we, when we came here, we gained eight hours because we're obviously eight hours ahead in Bali. But when I go back to England, we're going to... Li- no, we lost eight hours, and now I'm going to gain eight hours. So even though we arrived back in London at, like... 8.20am on Tuesday, I set off travelling at 4pm here on Monday, no, 12pm here on Monday, so it's kind of like add 8 hours onto the journey, but that kind of time difference thing is making me think it's a shorter journey, so I'm fine with that, I can deal with that, that's okay. Guys, what a week, what a week, what a week. Last time I spoke to you, I had just swam with dolphins, okay? Now I'm speaking to you and I have released a baby turtle into the ocean. My own baby turtle. I don't know what to call it. I kind of want to call it Timothy the turtle. Felt like that alliteration. I felt like it looked like Timothy. It looked like it was going to go thrive. And how cute. Now it's just going to be swimming for the next 30 years. So me and that turtle, we have a special bond. And honestly, I cannot recommend it enough. Best thing about it, it was totally free. All you had to do was do a donation. And that was how you paid for it. And I was like, this is the best day of my life. I was so excited. Honestly, that had been the one thing that we hadn't got to do. When we stayed in Kuta, that's what you get to do there. It's like the release of, there's like this turtle sanctuary. But the thing is, the turtles can't be released every day. It's when the eggs hatch. Because what happens is the mums go and lay the eggs on Kuta Beach. But the thing about Kuta Beach is it's really, really busy. And so if the eggs were left there, they'd just get trampled on. And so this sanctuary, go along the beach every single day, collect all the eggs, replant them in their own kind of sand area. And like, it's actually underneath the giant turtle. So it's kind of cute. And then when the turtles are ready, then the eggs all hatch. And then they do a turtle sanctuary release type thing and people come and you can release turtle into the ocean and you just give a donation and honestly it was the best the best thing we've done yeah it was incredible we went to a beach that day though and it was actually quite scary because we went to Balangal beach I think Balangal 
I think that's how you pronounce it. I think that's what it was called. We went to the beach there, which is a typical surfer beach, which should have been like my first warning that it was going to be like quite big waves. But I didn't really think about it. And so we went in and we like had deck chairs, which was sunbathing and everything. And then me and my boyfriend went into the sea. And it was really weird because it would be really, really shallow, like up to my knees or below my knees. But it could, it like pushed me over because the waves were so strong and it pushed me over. And then the current was so strong that it like dragged me out and then the wave would come and it would got really deep, really fast. And there was this old couple who was a bit fur- like quite close to me and she fell over as well. Like we both fell over and then she got dragged out. Like I kind of just went with the wave and was managed to get back onto the beach. But she kept falling over and kept falling over. And her husband, like, ran in to help her, and then he fell over, and they kept being pulled out, and, like, we ran over to go see if they were okay, and eventually they got out. But it was quite scary. It was quite, like, you know, when it just, it could have gone bad very fast, because all of a sudden I was being pulled out to sea quite fast, and I couldn't swim in, and I had Crocs on. Crocs. Okay, Crocs are not the most aqua... I want to say like Crocs are not the most oh what is even the word streamline they are not the most streamline of swimming shoes okay so that was difficult enough to swim in so that was a little bit stressful but then we obviously did the turtle sanctuary release and that was incredible incredible driving here though it was quite a long drive because we're in Uluwatu which is um at the bottom of Bali and that's kind of more about an hour's drive 50 minutes drive and it was such a stressful journey, I can't even. The road laws here are not, like, there isn't really, it's kind of just like a free-for-all, like, you just go when you think you can go and hope for the best, like, that's just what everyone does, if you wait to be let through, you're not going to get let through, and there's so many scooters, and it was just a bit of a mental drive, and I was directing in our phone, like, my phone has run out of data, because I streamed the boys, I'm addicted now, I'm on the last season, it's actually ridiculous, I've nearly finished it, but I streamed it, which is a TV show by the way, I'm not just streaming the boys, like that's not a group of people, it is a TV show on Amazon Prime that I have been binge watching whilst I've been away, and I streamed an episode of that on my iPad, and now I have used up all my data, so that's really fun, I was gonna buy another 10 gigabytes, but Louis said that was stupid too for the final three days, I... Not sure I agree because I have been bored, but it's also made me realise, I think, recently, well, the past few days anyway, because I'm feeling a bit nervous about the whole London move, like, the whole London move, quite anxious, it's made me, like, realise how much I'm scrolling at the moment, and which isn't a positive thing, so that's been a good thing, and weirdly, though, the past few days... When I've been scrolling, we've kind of noticed a pattern that I get really anxious about London and everything after I've been scrolling. And I think it's because when I'm scrolling, I think it's distracting me, but it's not. It's like distracting me enough, but it's still in the background of my head, this kind of worry situation. And so it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and kind of snowballing. And then I get really panicky and like stressed about it all. So that's been like a thing that I obviously know about. I know scrolling's bad, but kind of proved it to me even more like it's it's really not a healthy thing to do and I'm gonna try and cut down on that I think when I'm bored I need to have healthier things that I can do I think the tricky thing is when I'm here I don't have loads of things with me like my book I'm finding quite hard to read (laughs) it's quite tricky and it's quite grown up and I I think I'm feeling a bit stressed at the moment so maybe that's not why I'm loving it I don't know, I need to, I think when I'm in my own room, then I have other things to do. So that's really something that I'm going to try and focus on 
this week, which has been a good thing. But this week has really just been a week of sunbathing and trying to boost my tan as much as possible for the next year of England's cold weather because I'm not mentally prepared to go sit in the cold again. It's, it's not going to be fun. It's going to be fine, though. The hotel we're staying at, it is lovely. It is really lovely. But there's been, like, weird things about it that just make me think, like, like there's to be fair they, they can't help this but there's loads of ants everywhere which obviously they can't help it's not the hotel's fault but like yesterday i drained some noodles into the sink and there must have been like a bit left and so i went into the toilet in the night turned on the light and the entire sink was covered in ants like it was black it looked like i put coffee grains down the sink so that's why i kind of went over in a bit of a sleep deprived state i was like well, what's going on it was just crawling with ants i was like oh no <gasps> and oh my god i haven't told you all about Yesterday was a traumatic morning, to say the least. So, I put my pyjama bottoms on, and I could feel something... I could feel something in them when I was lying down. I could feel, like, a heavy thing in them moving. And I was like, what the fuck is that? So I grabbed it, and with my three fingers, I just squished it. I don't know what made me think to squish it. I don't know what was wrong with me that made me think to squish it. But I just kind of thought it was, like, a coffee pack or something. Like, I was just fiddling. I fiddle a lot, and I was just fiddling, okay? And it popped. I kept following it, pop, and I was like, what was that, what was that, and so threw them off in like a screaming panic, and just left them at the end of the bed, and was like, right, I'll deal with that later on, I had a sneaking suspicion that it could have been a bug, but I was like, in my head, I'm not, I'm not acknowledging that, it's not going to be a bug, it's not a real bug, I didn't have a bug in my pyjama bottoms, we're just not acknowledging that, if you don't know already, I'm not a big fan of creepy crawlies, I'm not a big fan of them, they grossed me out. Yeah, no, it's it's not for me. And so, when I was ready, I then had mentally prepared about what could potentially be in there. Like, opened them up, and I didn't actually think it was a bug. I didn't actually think it was. And I opened it up, and I swear to God, it was the biggest cockroach you have ever seen in your entire life. Your entire life. It was huge. It was the size of my thumb. It was massive and fat and all of this yellow gunk was coming out of it and there was blood on my pyjama bottoms and I was like, I fully screamed. I fully screamed. Louis had to go sort it. I wasn't sorting that. So he threw it outside and now there is just cockroach blood all over my pyjama bottoms. It's Honestly, it was one of the most grossest things that's happened to me the entire holiday. And then on top of that, with the ant situation, there's just ants absolutely everywhere. Like, I left my coffee cup by the side of my bed and there was just so many ants crawling it in the morning. And I was just like, oh, you know what? I'm kind of done now with the creepy crawlies. It's really pushing me to my edge. And then the monkeys here. You think the monkeys are going to be really fucking cute? They are terrifying. Terrifying. They're not scared of you in the slightest. They are very cheeky like yesterday one came to our window and was just waving at us and honestly i was like this is what it's like to be the one inside the enclosure this is so weird to experience because it was like waving at us and i was like what but they watch you and then if they see you watching it they'll like bare its teeth and be like <sighs> and it's really scary because they have rabies and i do not want to get attacked by them because they're really strong and they sit on the roofs and they just watch you what's you're doing and like we've seen them, like you can hear them in the morning running across the rooftops, which is really scary because they're really loud. Oh, and yesterday I smashed my favourite nail varnish and it's gone all over my leg, all over my favourite dress, over everything. So that's, that was another sad thing. But I guess that's three bad things. So hopefully that'll be it now. That'll be it. Strangely though, did I tell you guys about my bank card that I lost? I lost my bank card last week in Gilly Tea. 
and I lost, you know when you lose something but you don't actually think you've lost it, and I didn't actually think I'd lost it, but it still hasn't reappeared, and I do not know where I've put it, because I don't think I've left it anywhere, and Barley's very, very safe, like, I actually don't think someone would have taken it, I think they'd have left it there, and so that's been a weird, like, thing that I've managed to lose, I don't know where I've put it, but it's gone now, at least, at least we're going home soon, and at least I could borrow Louis's card for when I needed money that would have been a disaster though if you ever go traveling would definitely recommend bringing two forms of payment just in case you lose your card like I did because I would have been really really stuck if I hadn't have had Louis like to help me out like to transfer money onto his card and him get it out for me so but it's a definite good thing to do because you don't think it's going to happen to you and then oh, actually I think these things always happen to me so I'm okay with that in other news, I move to London on Friday and I am shitting it. I'm really nervous, I can't lie. I'm really, really nervous. I'm really, I'm not scared. I'm excited. I'm also a bit nervous. I know it's going to be really, really good. I feel like I've had too much time to think about it. Now I just need to go and I just need to get there and then it'll be really good. And I know I'm going to meet so many great people and the course chat seems really good and everything seems good about it, but it is nerve-wracking moving to a new city because there's so much uncertainty. Like, there's so much uncertainty about, like, who you're going to meet, or, like, the friendships you're going to make, whether you're going to enjoy your course, whether you're going to, like, live in a nice house. Like, everything is so uncertain. You don't know anything about it until you get there. And so... I am feeling pretty anxious about that. I feel like, as well, the past week I haven't been very well. Like, my tummy has not been well. I haven't really been eating that much in the slightest. Well, I have. I've been eating a lot of snacks because I can stomach snacks. But, like, food-wise, it's just been... I've just been ill. Like, not very well. I think I'm ready to go back to, like, more regular, like, cooking. This sounds very strange. And it's a very privileged mindset because, obviously, we've been eating out whilst we're here because there's nowhere really to cook. And it, the food is so cheap that it's actually cheaper to eat out than it is to cook um because ingredients aren't as cheap here as you'd think it's strange about barley like the accommodation is cheap and some of the food is really cheap but drinks ingredients like things like this aren't as cheap as you'd expect it to be and even some of the accommodation the place we're staying in now which has been interesting isn't as cheap as you'd expect it to be i think there are elements of barley that are really cheap but i think there are also others where it's kind of just more standard and that's to be expected like at the beach club last night we went to this beach club bar area and it was incredible it's this like famous beach club in barley and they had this like floating square above the main bar and there was this dj playing that we really liked so that was like a very nice send off i felt like it was a send-off party from barley to me because it was our final night out which is a bit crazy to think about about but like that the ticket entry was kind of cheap for a really like nice bar it was 15 pounds I feel like that's pretty standard 30 quid I mean like warehouse project is 50 but that does have way more people playing so I feel like 30 quid pretty standard for a nice um club or something like that so 15 was cheap but then the drinks were really expensive well expensive by barley standards they were like 270k which is about 13 pounds and the thing with it no 
Yeah, to be fair, probably like 250. The thing with it being is that the drinks will be 200 and then they'll charge this government tax and then service tax. And I think the government tax, I don't know this, but I think it's because of COVID. I think because they lost so much money in COVID that now they've in re introduced this kind of tax to claim some more money back from the tourists, which makes total like sense. This country fully relies on tourism. So I can only imagine how much it suffered in COVID. I bet it was horrific. I bet so many people really, really struggled. So I understand why, but the tricky thing about it is it means you have to be quite good at maths and maths is not my strong suit, meaning I am not good at doing the percentages. So I'll see something and be like, oh, 50K, that's cheap. And it'll actually be like 80K once you've added on the tax percentages. And I just wish they put the actual price on because then I'd know how much I was paying. And that is like, I don't mind paying that much. It's just knowing how much you pay before you've got your bill. And it's like, like yesterday we got our bill and it seemed fine, fine. And then I was like a service fee. 50k like government tax 60k and I was like oh my god that's so much money but it's fine we also had a very strange experience last night so first off our taxi from the club to home was ridiculously expensive it was 35k to get there and it was 200k to get back that is a difference of 12 pounds but anyway, outside of Warehouse Project, that's happened to us before where we've had, like, it's when you get out of a club, it's pretty standard that you're going to be paying more because you're paying for a premium. So that was fine. But when we went into the supermarket, which we went into yesterday, we like went to pay with card and we paid with card yesterday. And they're like, no, nope, we don't take cards. We don't take Indonesian cards. And we looked at them and we were like, well, we paid here yesterday with card. And they're like, no, nope, must have been a different Indomart. And I was like, it was that till. We've got the receipt. It was that till. Can we try? And they're like, no, no, you can't try. And I was like, why can't we try with the card? And they fully refused us to play. And there was like this back and forth of me and Louis being like, well, we literally paid yesterday for the same things. Why can't we at least try it? And they're like, nope, not trying it, not trying it, won't try it. And we had to pay in cash. And it was really weird because it said they only accept um, in Balinese, no, Indonesian cards, even though we literally paid there yesterday with our card. So that was obviously a lie. We think it was probably like tax evasion or something because they knew they were going to get a lot of tourists coming from it because it's quite a big like club and it was quite like a big DJ that was playing. So they knew they were going to get a lot of drunk people in buying more things. So maybe it was like a tax evasion thing just to get cash in so they wouldn't have to claim a back on it because we paid card yesterday, which is really, really, really strange. But anyway, that's enough ranting about that situation. We're about to go to the beach now, which is called Thomas's Beach, if you want to do a little Google about where I'm going. It's really, really pretty. I'm going to watch sunset. And we're going to have a nice final day. I can't believe it's the last day. That's mad. It's been such a good experience. The next time you hear from me, I'll be in London. <gasps> this next week's going to be a big week. It's going to be emotional. I feel like quite emotional at the moment, quite like sensitive. Um... I'm quite nervous about it all but I'm also very excited like I want to take it all in because I know I'm never going to do this again and I know how much this is costing me like it's going to cost me a lot of money so I really want to appreciate all of it even the parts that are a little bit scary but I hope you're having a lovely week and are enjoying the breakup series and this is the last episode this is the episode on dating after you've been through a breakup which is a pretty important episode I feel like I feel like it's a good one but yeah I hope you're having a great day and I'll speak to you soon bye <music> 
welcome to this final little series of the podcast episode. It's mad to think that when you guys are listening to this, I will be um, I will be on my final week in Bali. I'll be about to move to London. Right now, I'm currently getting ready. This is going to be a different type of podcast. I have to do my makeup at the same time. We are fully multitasking right here, right now, but that's not a bad thing. We're testing the human limits of how many things I can think about at once, so I apologise if this is not my best podcast, but I... I have a lot of hope with it, to be honest. I have a a lot of excitement. Just this topic of moving on after a breakup and finding someone new is something that I'm quite, like, passionate about. I feel like there's a lot to talk about and a lot to say about it. And I feel like quite often it gets... I don't know. Not... Do you, I don't know, quite often moving on after a relationship gets quite a bad rep and I am excited to chat about it in a different way, although I've just realised I just cut my fringe and there was literally hair all over my face. I thought I had like the worst monobrow in the history then, but I've realised it's literally just hair from my fringe, hair from my fringe people, we're all good. So the last podcast episode, we discussed how you can start to find yourself up once you're in a relationship, how you can start to find out who you are. And I think one of those things when starting to find out who you are is also realising what do you want? What do you want in your new thing? What are you looking for in your next relationship? And this isn't trying to say that you can't find happiness on your own, blah, 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 blah. You absolutely can. And that's the entire point of the third podcast episode is how you need to find, before you search for someone else, you need to be content in your own company. I don't personally, for me, I didn't feel like, and I think again with the advice I'm going to give on this, it's totally person dependent. You might think you need more time on your own and that's absolutely fine. I don't think there's an actual timeline. I think it's all to do with how you feel. And when I was going through a breakup, I think, although you need to feel, you need to feel good on your own, you don't need to be fully healed from anything. Because I think time, some healing processes can take years. And some things will trigger you years later, and you'll start to think, oh, have I fully healed from that process? And I don't want you all to put your lives on hold waiting for that fully healed moment when you might not experience it for quite a while. And I don't think not, I don't think having that fully healed experience means that you can then move on. Like, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I think you need to be healed enough so that you're not actively hurt, so that you're not, say actively, I mean, you need to be healed enough so you don't pull that pain into anything else. You need to be healed enough so you don't lash out at people, healed enough to know your self-worth, know what you want. But I think it's okay still to experience some pain. This all stems from, like, I remember one time, me just having a proper breakdown about my past relationship and how much I was hurt. I think the difference is between moving, feeling hurt and healing and moving into something new is that you can feel, you can still feel pain from the experience. You just can't miss them or want anything to do with them anymore. And I think that's, there we go. I've got it. That's what I mean. Because I'd never, obviously, I was never interested in the past relationship. I was never, when I was feeling upset because of it, I was never sad because I missed them. I was sad because of how much I got hurt and I was sad because of how much I was scared I was going to get hurt again. And I think that's an important difference to make. If you'd been listening from the start, you'll know that my first kind of when you're in that breakup, my first bit of advice for that was getting to a point where writing the list about what you want. If you hear things opening, it's because I am genuinely doing my makeup right now. I'm sorry, guys, we've got to multitask. I've just realised the moisturiser that I'm bringing has literally run out cross that bridge when we come to it um I think you've got to write that list for what you want when you're in that painful moment I think when you're feeling the pain you've got to know what you want going forward and this list can fucking change of course it can change but I think it's important to have that list whilst you're hurting because I think that's when it's most 
apparent to you. It's so easy to look back on things with the rose-tinted glasses, but when you're in the moment, when you're feeling all the emotions, and writing that list of saying, like, this is what I want in the future, by no way am I saying that you want that now. I'm just saying that when you are ready, you know what things matter to you when you are hurting the most, and that's kind of what you can use to gauge where what you need going forward. I think... That's the thing, if you know what you need going forward, when you meet someone new, you're better able to hold them to the standards. And that's what I was able to do. So often, I look at all my past relationships and when I've started dating someone new, and I think about the fact that I'm so... I always just used to say yes, regardless of how I really felt, because I felt guilty. I would always just say yes. I'd be like, you know what? Could be fun, why not? Yes. Whereas like the past relationship was the only one where I was like properly thinking about it, thinking what I want from the relationship, thinking what I needed from a relationship, thinking if I was even in an okay space for a relationship. All of these thoughts are going through my mind and that's the exact way it should be. And having it that way made me realise how little I'd had that in the fu- in the past. And I think that's really, really important. When you're getting to know someone new, it can be really, really intimidating, especially after someone like, someone cheated on me after four years. How the fuck was I then meant to trust someone again that they wouldn't do that, like, straight away? And I remember just thinking the entire time, being so nervous about all of it. But I had this... It was probably a bit of a toxic way at the start in the terms of, like, how I was dealing with my emotions. But I had this thing in my head of, like, if I can get through that, nothing is ever going to be as painful as that. I can get through this not working out. Like, it's fine. I am fine on my own. Like, me as a little entity, as a little ball of person, I'm okay. I really enjoy spending time with everyone and I really enjoy meeting new people and that type of thing. But I know after going through that experience, I was always going to remain a medium level of okay, if that makes sense. Because of how much work I'd put in my self-growth and how much work I'd put into myself, I always knew that I was going to be a level of okay. And like, I was never going to go that low because half of me going so low in the breakup was because I didn't know who I fucking was. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, do you know what I mean? And that really emphasised it more. And then because I'd come out of that and I knew what I was doing now, I knew where I wanted to go. I knew who I was. I was proud of the person I was becoming. I was so much better able to feel a sense of calm. And I think so many people ask me, like, how do you learn to trust again? And I think the thing is, the reality of it is it takes time. You're not going to be able to trust again. Oh, I've just put foundation on and I think that is orange as fuck. We're going with it, people. We do not have time. This is maybe a bit too orange. I kind of maybe overestimated how tanned I was, especially in Bali, but we move. But I think this is the thing. When you're in a relationship and they're like, how do you trust again? Like, how does it happen? It doesn't happen instantly. Trust is something that people learn. And I think when you're first beginning that relationship, when you're first getting together, you don't really trust each other. Like you do, you trust each other enough to look after each other, but it's getting to know each other and getting to know each other and fall in love and learn to trust, I think is part of the entire experience. You can't expect that to happen straight away. And I think this is why I also, which I'm now thinking, looking back on it, was not a healthy way for me to think. But I also thought, I was like, if anyone gets with anyone else, like if I'm seeing someone, they get with someone else, and we haven't exclusively, like, agreed to be exclusive, I don't care. Like, if I haven't communicated that need, then that's and they've done it then it's fine like it it doesn't bother me because in my head I think I almost had created this kind of like contract type thing in that what I needed because I had been so hurt that I wasn't ready to like you know what I, mean? I was almost, I was always prepping for the worst I was always prepping for the worst rather than thinking of the best from people
But I think having that philosophy, having that mindset allowed me to move on comfortably because I, again, reinforced that constant idea that I'm always going to be okay. No matter what happens, I'm going to be fine and everything will work out and I'll get through it no matter what. I just suddenly realised I have packed no waterproof mascara, only regular mascara, which when you're going to Bali, which is so humid, is not going to work. And so I've got this one from Barry Ehrman. Honestly, it's quite good. But... Right, this is a break of the podcast flow, but if you are looking for like good and cheap mascaras, go to Sainsbury's and get the Barry M ones. They're like three pounds and they're really good. They're all dupes of the benefit ones. Would really, really recommend seven milliliters. I can take that on the flight. That's good. Back to the podcast, but this is the thing. I think when you're in that constant mindset and you know that that's kind of something that was working in my brain, I knew that I was always going to be okay and that made me have more confidence. And I think. Because I'd been so hurt and I knew what I wanted in a person, I was also thinking that I wasn't really going to find the person that I'm going to be with for a while. I kind of swore off men and decided I don't want to be in relationship for the next, like, few years. I just want to focus on myself because that was really, like, hurtful and, like, really hurt my feelings. And so when I was getting to know people, when I was, like, chatting to people, I wasn't thinking about it in a way that was a relationship type of way I was thinking it in a way of like you're just fun and this is exciting and I think that's what also made me not too nervous about meeting people I think quite often when we meet people we can get quite overwhelmed with the intensity of it we can think that like oh my god this is it I have to make the best first impression because what if they're the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life and all of these thoughts start coming in and that can make it so much more of an intimidating experience than what it needs to be Because you don't know who they're going to be. They could be like a total asshole. And I think also when I was getting to know people, it can get really intimidating when all you're focusing on is them getting to know you. But it's a two-way street. You're both getting to know each other. So it's as much about do they make a good impression on you as you on them. I think this is the thing about getting to know each other. And also, I think when you're first just starting to like date out of the relationship, I stayed away from social media I didn't go on social, I, not social media, I stayed away from online dating. Online dating, we're going to have an entire podcast episode on it because I feel like I need to interview someone about it because I've never done online dating ever in my life. I, it's not for me. I need to meet the person because so much of who I like and who I get on with is based off like how I feel when I'm around them. What type of conversation do we have? Is the energy like, are we both the same? Are we both excited about the same things? Because I instantly know when I'm not going to like someone because I just feel out of place around them. It doesn't feel like a fun experience anymore and I'm not enjoying that experience. And that's really obvious to me when that happens. And so I think when I am doing that, when I am focusing on online dating I just can't imagine being able to gauge the person correctly so I think when you are starting to meet new people just chatting to people on nights out is so much fun like that is the best way to start to move on and I think you don't have to build moving on into this big dramatic type of thing it's literally just chatting to someone new and if something comes of it then that's fun if something doesn't then it doesn't but because of the work that you put into your own self-growth because of the work you put into getting to know you you're in so much of a better headspace about it now you know what you want from something you know where you're going you know who you are and every time you get into something new now you know your fundamental foundations you know what your foundations are and you are strong in your foundations which means that when you're looking for something new you're better able to actually question like, are you really good for my life or are you not really good for my life? Because if you're not absolutely incredible, I don't need you. And not in like a big headed, like I'm fine without anyone in my life type way, in much more of a, 
you don't need people who aren't fully there for you type way. And also, they don't need you. Like, if you're not 100% on them, they deserve someone who is as well. And I think that's why it's so important to be quite honest with how you feel in the beginning of moving on to, like, new things. And it can be really, really tricky. But it is important. And I think also, I think when I moved on into, like, my new relationship, my current relationship, which, uh, lol, turned out to be so much... Like, there was meant to be a fling, and we've now been together two years, which is typical me. But I think one of the most important parts of it all is I was very cautious about everything. So we were, like, dating for, like, three months before we became a relationship. And I think you need to just not rush into anything. And in those dating months, like, I wasn't seeing anyone else. I wasn't, like, it was, like, we were still kind of, like, exclusive, I guess. But there was no pressure associated with it. And I think it helped that we were both at the end of the year, like at the end of the few months, we were both going off to uni. And so we kind of thought we had a deadline on it, which made it feel not too intense. I think that also helped with my mindset of it, of it not being too like intense, because it could have been quite an overwhelming thought to be into another relationship. But I never really thought we were going to progress to a relationship because we were going to uni. We were each going individually to our own cities. And I couldn't really see how that was going to work. I mean, how wrong was I? But I think that also helped. So when you are getting to know someone new, I think not putting too much pressure on it. When you come out of something, you think that the next person you're going to meet is going to be the one, just like they were the one. Because that type of relationship is so fresh in your mind. But so many things are just flings. So many things are just like experiences with other people. And that is just as valuable and just as fun. And I think that's really, really important to note. It's important to realise that they have their benefits too. I think something that's key though when you are starting to move on is having enough respect for the person that you're starting to see to cut off contact with your ex. I understand that some people stay friends with their ex and I think that's a very personal type of choice. It depends what type of relationship you have, depends what kind of like relate exactly it depends what type of relationship you both have it depends on how long you were friends beforehand there's so many individual personal dynamics that go into that so I'm not having a go at you if you are still friends with your ex I'm just saying that for me and for like I just didn't want that relationship to come into this relationship and I didn't feel like it's being I honestly not sure you can be friends with your ex because I think there's too much drama there I think there's too much feelings I think you're looking at someone that you like you've been intimately like connected to like you guys have had sex you guys have been in love with each other you guys have stayed up late chatting you've you've spent so much time together that I think that relationship is now too intimate to ever be just friends I mean I but then I don't know because then I think about parents that are now just friends after they've been in love but then I think maybe that's a bit of a different dynamic because you have to be friends because you have a child to support you know what I mean you have a you have to have a good relationship in order for that to work but I think if you don't have that, if you just are, I think you're giving yourself a better chance if you can manage to find some distance. And maybe in the future, you guys will be friends again. Maybe in the future, you guys might date again. But I think personally, for me, there'll always be an undercurrent of like, I was in love with you. Because I don't really date people like half arsedly like half arsedly I meant half-heartedly. I just went half-arsed. And then I did tiddly at the end. Whoops. Like, personally... If I'm dating you, I love you. Like, I love you. I can see a future with you. And I don't think that I could then just be friends with someone that I saw a future with. I think for me, it'd be too painful. And I think there's importance as well in protecting yourself because I knew that I couldn't be in their life anymore because everything would just hurt too much. 
seeing each other's futures without each other when you spent so long imagining that future is too painful. For me anyway, it might not be for you, but for me it was too painful. And I think it's o- that's okay. It's okay to understand that about yourself. If anything, it's really good to understand that about yourself because you know you know your boundaries and that is really, really important. You have to know what you can and can't do. And I think as well, you have to know what's going to affect you and what isn't going to affect you. And I knew for me, that was definitely going to affect me. And so I just stopped contact. I totally stopped contact. And like, I was glad I did. Because also, I didn't feel like he had any right to my life anymore. I didn't want him in my life. He had fucked it over. He like, I was made to look like a mug. Why would I want you in my life anymore? I wouldn't want you in my life. You're not a nice person. Why would I want you here? Do you know? And I think that's where it's kind of like, if you still want to be friends and you're starting to move on, I think you should ask yourself, why do you still want to be friends? Maybe you guys ended on really good terms. You have so many memories. That's a bit different. But if you didn't end on good terms and you still want to remain in each other's lives, why? Like, why? Ask yourself and be really honest with it. And if it's a toxic reason, I think deep down you know that it's a toxic reason, then you know you probably shouldn't do it. You know it's not going to be a positive experience for either of you. The thing is, you're just going to end up hurting other people because you'll both move on, you'll meet new people, you'll allow new people into your lives, and then your guy's relationship and toxicity towards each other will end up sleeping into those other two people. And now you have two bystanders who had totally had no idea what was going on in your two's relationship. Now they're going to get hurt by the drama caused between you two. So I think that's something to be really aware of. When you are moving on, you are now responsible, not responsible, but like, If you bring your ex into this new relationship, if you guys decide to stay friends, if you decide to maintain some type of relationship, you're bringing that on on to the person that you're now seeing. And that's tricky. And it has to be really worthwhile. And I think there has to be a lot of clear communication with that new person that you're seeing. Because I don't think it's fair for them just to have to accept that you guys are going to be friends. I think... You have to be able to have that honest conversation about what is going on, why are you guys still friends, because you have to understand that that is going to bring up questions. It brings up questions to everyone. Why do you still want to be friends with someone that really hurt you? Why are you not ready to move on yet? Because it does indicate slightly that you're not ready to move on, that you're not ready to let it go, and that can bring up some questions. And I think after that clear communication, if you both agree that that's the right thing to do and that you're happy with it, then great, I'm happy for you. But I think you need to be very honest with the person that you're seeing and where you want to go with the relationship before you start properly moving on, if that makes sense. I think that's important to know. It's an important differentiation to have. But I think the most important thing when you're learning and you're starting to like move on from the person that you were seeing is just to have fun. Just to enjoy yourself and not take it all too seriously. And I think some of the best things, some of the best, most happiest relationships just happen randomly. They have, they come from a place of fun and spontaneity and a place where you're not focused on the outcome. You're just focused on what's going on right now. And I think that's really, really important. It's really important to know where you're going and not, I mean, it's the wrong thing to say. It's really important just to be enjoying that moment totally and wholeheartedly. And when you are enjoying that moment, all in like, everything about that moment you become so much happier and so much better and so much better able to feel like you don't know where the future's going and that's exciting and I think it takes a lot of pressure off the relationships then you can actually just get to know each other and have those big questions you can have those big conversations about your guys futures together and I think once you start getting serious it is important to have those conversations to make sure that you are both in alignment like key things like this is when you think in proper proper future future but do they want kids do you want kids do you want to, do they want to live in England and you want to live abroad? Like some people have these non-negotiables. That I think it's really important to discuss at a point where it's not really weird and you're going to scare them off. But 
it's also at a point where you can have that honest conversation and make a considered decision about whether this relationship is worth pursuing I think having those types of conversations is really good but I think this is the thing about moving on it is scary and it is scary learn to trust again but you cannot let that person that hurt you take any more of your joy and that was something that was really empowering to me I really started to focus I was like you know what you really pissed me off you really hurt me you broke my heart but I do not want you to take any more of my joy so I'm going to enjoy this relationship and if it does go tits up I'm going to have a good time and I know I'm okay because that pain of the breakup has made me so strong in my foundations, made me so strong in who I am that I know I can tackle anything now. I know who I am, I know what I want and I know where I'm going and that is really, really exciting. (sighs) This rounds off the end of the Relationships mini-series that we have. I hope you've enjoyed it. Fingers crossed you have because I've been fitting these in left, right and centre and I hope it works on them in Bali but I hope you're having a lovely week and I hope this week's life update was good wherever I am in Bali. That's so exciting. Right now I'm sat on my bedroom floor and I have done my makeup which is successful but I am now noticing it is 1.35 and I have to go on the train to Bali. Not to Bali, to Heathrow. Like, sorry guys, yeah, I'm not catching the train across the world. That would be mad. I hope you're all having a great day and make sure you're following me on Instagram at you've got mail underscore pod and on TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod. And if you're able to leave a little rate, subscribe, five star review, I will be forever grateful. Thank you for being here and I'll speak to you next week. Fingers crossed. Love you. Bye. So that is the end of the breakup series, which is kind of mad to be fair. I did not think it was going to go this well. And I'm so happy with how it's gone. But for the new things I've done this week, let's have a little think. I mean, mainly I've been reading 100 Years of Solitude. It is really good. It is quite complicated, but I am getting into it now. And I feel like it's just going to take me longer to read. But I am determined to finish it because I have no idea where this book is going to go. I have absolutely no idea. Oh, my God. There is a monkey just sat looking at me. It's just sat looking at me. Oh, the monkeys are kind of scary. I can't lie. I'm not sure how much I like them, to be honest. It's like the Indonesian seagull, but so much more aggressive and intelligent than a seagull. Like, they can actually cause damage, which makes me kind of afraid of them. Other new things I've done this week. Oh, my God. I've tried that. So there's a fruit here in Indonesia that's really smelly. I think it's called a duran. Duran? I don't know how to say it, but I think that's how it's... It's D-U-R-A-N if you want to Google it. And the entire time we've been here, I've been like, Louis, you're making such a big deal out of it. It's not that bad. Like, stop being dramatic. It's fine. I really want to try it because it's something you can only try when you're out here. And I have been making a conscious effort to try new things whilst I'm here. And so I got a little mochi, like, I think it's a mochi, mochi, like, you know, the little moon type things. I got one of them and it was a Duran flavoured one. I was like, oh, perfect. I can finally try it. Oh my God, he wasn't being dramatic. He wasn't being dramatic. I opened it and the smell, the smell was the most horrific smell I've ever smelled in my entire life. And oh, the biting of it, it just, oh, everything about it was disgusting. So it is as bad as everyone says. I don't know why I didn't think it would be as bad as everyone made it out to be, but it is as bad as everyone made it out to be. So yeah, no, that was was not very nice to be honest, but we move. And other things that, can hear the monkeys running around on the roofs now it sounds really cute and everything oh there's monkeys everywhere it's not cute it is not cute they are sat watching me and that is kind of scary i can't lie the people next door to us have left their flip-flops outside which makes me nervous for their shoes because they are not getting their shoes back not at all 
other new things that I've tried this week. Right, okay, this is more about manifestation, and I'm going to let you all know how this goes. But recent, I saw this, like, manifestation thing about how if you want to change, like, your life around, if you want to, like, start a new era of your life, and I feel like I am about to enter into a new chapter of life, if that makes sense, like, moving to London, this new era of myself. It's like buying a new perfume for that era and when you put that perfume on like envisioning yourself as that person just encompassing that person as a whole and for my birthday louis got me a new perfume and so i was like well this works perfectly this works perfectly i've worn it the entire time i've been in bali and now i can wear it going to london it could be like my new era perfume so that's kind of cool i'm gonna let you know if great things happen whether it works or not i have no idea but feel i'm feeling positive about it i've also been trying to journal and i'm gonna do this new thing this week going forward of journaling like so carrying on journaling when i feel like i want to journal but also writing down my goals and then having like an abundance list like of good things that happened that day because normally i just write a 10 things i'm grateful for whereas this week i want to try writing like 10 good things that happened that day so i can notice the positives more if that makes sense but yeah those are the things i'm trying this week and also tried the week past i haven't really been trying loads of new things mainly i've been chilling i can't lie but it's been good it's been a relaxing week and honestly when we got here we felt really ill and as i said i feel like i have been ill the past week so it's been a very very chill week you can hear in the last episode my voice is so tired and i'm just not super chatty i felt so ill that day i literally lay in bed just slept felt so ill on sunday so that was that was a good episode to push myself through because I was not mentally prepared. But anyway, I hope you're all having a lovely day, a lovely week, and enjoy, enjoy the breakup series. Thank you for listening, and I'm excited to start series three of the podcast. I'm unsure whether or not to take a week's break and then come back to you after a week. I'm going to do a little voting thing on my Instagram stories. So if you do want me to carry on and just not have a break, that's fine. Like, realistically, I don't know whether I will have a break or not or whether I'll just record and then post it a week later that doesn't really make sense but yeah it's going to be series three of the podcast and we may potentially be having a rebrand I don't want to say too much but there's some stuff in the works which is very exciting which I haven't really mentioned much about but yeah very very exciting you've got my list changing and it's so good it's so good I'm so excited but yeah I hope you're having a lovely day and a lovely week and if you want to be part of the newsletter make sure you reply to my Instagram story today with your email and there'll be a little question box and then you can join the newsletter side of things which is a kind of fun area of like journal prompts and things that I've done that week and recommendations and that type of thing but yeah I hope you're having a lovely week and I'll speak to you soon oh one other thing there's this thing you can do on when you have a podcast and you can well anything really is you can create a group chat type thing where you like people sign up to it and I know the Lexi podcast does it and it just gives like an area for people to chat about the podcast chat about different things we talk about I talk about in the podcast have more of a conversation about it but I wasn't sure if this I think it's called Geneva I wasn't sure if this was something that people wanted so if you do want this if you can let me know somehow I think it'll be on my Instagram stories later on today or if you can send me a message and after getting some feedback from this the next over the next week then we'll have a little decision whether we want that but I think it'd be kind of fun to have a more personal way of all chatting after the episodes because I feel like a lot of the things I talk about are 
things that we're all going through and it's nice to be able to have a conversation about it as well um but yeah i hope you'll have a lovely week that is the end make sure you're following me on tiktok and on instagram at you've got mail in school pod and i'll speak to you soon from london oh my god that's mad speak to you soon love you bye